Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. So um, my parents both grew up on farms. Um, so it's kind of fun for me, like when I look back on my, my family history and, and all that experience, like I got to go to the farm pretty regularly. I didn't grow up on one, but both my parents did. So we would go visit the grandparents and do that kind of thing. Well, um, my mom is actually from this area. She's from Delavan. So my grandparents still live there and, and still own a farm. And so one of the things that I've been able to do with my kids that I got to do when I was a kid is take them on combine day. So every harvest we go and we'll go ride the combine, we'll go ride the tractors, and it's a really fun experience. I'm so glad that we get to be able to do that. They love it. And so they always look forward to combine day. But one thing that I've noticed, that I've started asking this question of my uncle and my cousin, um, as you know, we're riding in the combine, I was like, hey, how, how's harvest? How's the yield this year? And, and thankfully, they've been able to answer pretty consistently. It's good, like we're getting what we need, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a really cool thing. But I've noticed something about that question. I've noticed that when, when you ask that question, there's a lot loaded to it, right? Like, what's the yield? What's the harvest this year? For a farmer, everything rides on the answer to that question, right? Livelihood, like all the work that they've been doing for that year, like it's coming down to this one question. How's the yield? Harvest is that one time, that one moment where it's like, okay, what's coming back in? And sometimes it can be make or break. Now, as farmers today, we, we don't live like they used to, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago. Like, it was do or die in many ways back then. And it's still important today, but um, there's a lot that rides on that one question, right? How's the yield? We're going to look at a story today where Jesus uses a parable, a story about farming, about sowing seeds, about harvest, and he talks about a yield, now, the, the point of the parable is not so much just the yield, but the question that I'm raising here with what, what's the yield, what's tied to that? Because one thing that I notice about farmers is they are submitted to that yield. Like whatever happens, they've been working, but there is a, a surrendering, a humility that has to come to harvest. It's outside their control. They do all that they can, but ultimately, there's submission, there's surrender. What Jesus is going to teach on today points at that very idea, at humility and surrender. And so where we're going to look at is Mark chapter 4, and I want you to turn there in just a moment, um, but I want to surface this idea that I, I kind of think helps us, regardless of where we are in our faith walk, whether we're just beginning or we've been doing it for 50 years, it's this idea. It's the I've got it approach. I've got this. Like, I've got it under, under control. Like, I, it's, it's on me, right? I, I've got it. I'm curious if you're immediately thinking, like, oh, I know what that's all about. Like, I've got it on my strength. I can, I can figure it out. And if I don't know the answer, I, I'll, I'll handle it. Like, I'm wondering if you know what that approach is all about. The story that Jesus is going to teach us gets after this and shows us that this this is not the way that we are to be as Jesus followers. If we feel like we've got it, we actually are probably in danger of walking away from where he wants us to be. And so the I've got it approach is one that Jesus wants to attack. 
And so in Mark chapter 4, we're going to look at the parable of the sower. Now, maybe you're familiar with this story, especially if you've grown up in church. But if you're not, awesome. Glad to teach it to you today. But this is a story about a farmer, about sowing seed, and about harvest. But it goes after this idea of the I've got it approach. So where we've been so far is that Jesus has shown up. He's been teaching about the kingdom. He's like, I've arrived. The, the time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Repent means turning. Believe, trust in me. And then he demonstrates that kingdom by getting followers, healing people, casting out demons, casting out evil. And then he's teaching. And he's teaching that he has come to bring the kingdom that forgives sin. And this causes controversy. The religious leaders of the day, they're like, wait, 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 no, 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 you can't say that, you can't do that. And now there's this tension, there's this conflict that's brewing. And the question surfaces, like, who's, who's inside and who's outside this kingdom? And Jesus wants to show us it's those who are receptive to him. And so what I want to do is I want to look at the story today in Mark chapter 4, where we're going to see Jesus play out what's taking place in the big picture of the story. So I invite you to turn, if you haven't already, to Mark chapter 4. We're going to be looking at the story that Jesus teaches. So beginning at verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd gathered around him that was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shoreline at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow some seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly but because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear any grain. Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, hear the word, 
But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown in good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Here's the parable of the sower. This is a story that Jesus is teaching to illustrate something. Now, now picture it again. He's beside the lake. He's beside the Sea of Galilee. And there's all of these people that have come. They want to hear Jesus. They, they've seen what he's been doing. They're really interested in what's happening here. So much so that he's got to climb into a boat. And he pushes off to shore just so he's got some room and they can all hear him. And what does he do? He teaches in parables. Now, what's a parable? We've probably heard that word before, especially if you've been in church, but, but what, what is it really? Well, here's my definition. It's a story or an image from everyday life that communicates a deeper kingdom truth. So it's a story. It's an image, something they're familiar with, like farming. They all see it. They, they see people sowing the ground, like they're, they're tilling it or taking care of it. This is something they encounter on a regular basis. It's like a net. It's like a seed. Like he's drawing from things that they understand. And he's setting that aside something that is deeper. Something that illustrates the kingdom. He's trying to teach them through what they know to something that they don't. So that's what a parable is. That's essentially what's happening here. So he's using parables to teach. Now what we see with this particular parable is that he's using the illustration of farming. And so he's got these four soils. And I'll real quick just recap it for you. One soil is like the seed that's thrown on the path. This is a really hard surface. Birds come and just eat it up. And he's saying people are like that too. Some hear the word, hear my teaching, hear about the kingdom, and Satan comes and just takes it away. And nothing gets hold. And they're just kind of like this. Hmm? What? I don't get this. Then there's another soil. The seed actually goes in, but it's really shallow. It's very rocky underneath, and so there's a thin layer, and it gets in, so it starts to, to grow. But the sun, when it gets hot, there's no moisture, and it dies. It's like people who, who receive the word. They get excited. It's like, yeah, but then it gets hard. Ooh, I don't want anything to do with that. And that's what's going to happen. So what Jesus is going to show is that there's some of these things that he's teaching on are going to play out. And then you get some soil, it's like, okay, they receive it, but other things grow up with it. And they're kind of choking it out and competing for its attention. It's like the focus of life on, on this earth. The desires that I want wealth, I want, to, I want my status, or I want to feel comfortable. Like all of these other things kind of choke out the kingdom in one's life. But then there's the good soil. The one that's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's the one. This is the one that multiplies, that produces a harvest 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. And this is what Mark elevates in the story. It's like, here's the good example. Okay, that's what Jesus is teaching on. What we see is that he's actually teaching about his ministry. What Jesus is showing here is a story that illustrates what's happening right at that very moment. See, Jesus wants to show people, show his disciples, those who are following him, this is what's playing out. And here's what I want to tell you. There are a variety of responses to me and to my ministry. That's what Jesus wants us to see. There's a variety of responses. 
the parable. I mean, there's a few different soils. People are going to receive it differently. That is exactly what's taking place in the moment. There's some people who are like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't like this. This isn't right. Like, and, and they're antagonistic. That's been the Pharisees so far. And there's some crowds who get excited about what they're seeing. Maybe they've received healing or, or they're watching. It's like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. But what's going to happen next? Is it starting to get hard? Oh, what's going to happen to that? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. And some people are kind of stick a little bit, but there's some other things that are competing for it. It's like, hey, come follow me. Well, I will when I'm done with this. And there's some who are going to produce a crop, a fruit. And Jesus is basically narrating what's happening in the moment with this story. This is a parable about his ministry, and it's a parable about parables. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But what Jesus is doing here is he's illustrating there's a variety of responses to his ministry, to what he's doing. And so what Mark is wanting us to see is this good soil. That's the goal. Like, that's the elevated sort of thing. Like, farmer's sowing seed. He wants to produce a harvest. Yeah, yeah, where is that? It's in the good soil. Be like the good soil. And so I think what, what, what we need to see first and foremost is that we want to be receptive to Jesus in humility and surrender. So there's our two words again. We want to be humble and in a surrendered posture. Like, that is what Jesus is trying to point us to with this parable. Are we receptive to him? He's essentially saying there's a variety of responses. Different levels of receptivity. Different people are going to hear me differently. Which one are you? That's what the parable does. It's challenging us as readers to look at ourselves and say, which soil am I? Am I good soil or am I one of the other ones? Are we receptive to Jesus. Are we receiving him? Are we receiving his teaching? That's what the parable is pointing us to. But if you're familiar with the story, you might be thinking like, oh yeah, yeah, I've done that already. Like, yeah, yeah, I've received him. I've received the word. Like, I, I choose to follow him. Like, check. Hang on. <laughs> yes, this is for those of us who maybe never heard this. If this is your first time you've really kind of heard the story or really you're starting the process of figuring out what Jesus is all about, the story for you is receive him. That's the call. Like, receive him. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to produce a crop. Receive him. But this is not a one-time thing. Maybe you have received him. Like, you've made that choice. It doesn't stop there. This is an ongoing kind of thing. I think what Jesus does is he gives us his teaching, he gives us the kingdom, and then he continues to give us the kingdom. He continues to work in our hearts. He continues to do something in our lives. It is not just one time and done. I think that is where the danger of the I've got this approach comes in. It's like, oh, I've got the seed. I'll take care of it from here. Like, I'll grow it, I'll tend it. It's like, nope. If you're a farmer, you sow the seed, but God is the one who's doing the growing. And we got to let him do that. The tendency of the I've got this approach is to say, like, I'm, I'm good, I've got it now, thanks. I'll run with it. You go help them. And, and we do it on our own. 
And that is not the kind of crop that Jesus wants to harvest. What he's looking for is the life of the kingdom. He's wanting people who are like him, who do things like he does. The I've got this approach says, I don't need you. I want to remind you of this image that we've been kind of looking at throughout the series. It's this triangle, this upside down triangle. And and we talk about the word, like hearing the seed, hearing the kingdom. But the I've got this approach says, okay, I'm going to grow it. I'm going to do the works. But what Jesus is wanting us to do is to go down deep into the soil and operate his way, which is not, I've got this. That's not the way Jesus wants us to operate. What he wants is for us to operate in humility and surrender continually. So we're to be receptive to him in an ongoing kind of way, continuing to let him teach us to grow us. When, when I was in college, uh, I was a part of a ministry, and, and uh, there was somebody that I got to know through that ministry my junior year. And uh, I remember one time that we were in kind of a debate. Like, we were having just one of those philosophical things you do, like, at midnight at college or whatever. Like, we were doing that. Now, when I first became a believer, I grew a lot. I learned a lot. I had some people who were really investing in me. And through that learning, like, I loved to learn more. And I got kind of excited about apologetics, which is, like, the study of the defense of the faith. You know, you get real philosophical in that and and know, like, the right and wrong kinds of answers. I got really excited about that. And that even kind of carried through into college. Well, we were in this conversation, and and we were kind of having a debate, and I don't even remember exactly what I said or what the content of it was, but I remember I said something, and quickly he pushed back. And and he, he, you know, offered me some thoughts, and kind of the next several minutes, just kind of like, I don't know that you've quite got that right. And, And I felt like I was. And we walked out of the conversation. It was fine. There was no hard feelings or anything, but that his pushback lingered. Next several days, I was just kind of chewing on what he said. And I was like, but I'm right. I know I've got the idea here. But as I thought about it, I realized he was not trying to correct the idea, but correct my perspective. See, like the way that I was talking about some things that I would say, and again, I don't even remember what it was, but he's like, actually what you're saying isn't quite what you mean. And here, and he he corrected my perspective just a little bit so that I realized like, oh, what I was saying wasn't quite right. And here, the Lord was using my friend to just turn me a little bit. Because I could say, like, no, I'm right. I know I've got this figured out. But rather, I think he stirred humility in me. And I realized, like, oh, no, no, I need to say it more like this. Will we have that kind of receptivity? Where we might think we're right, and maybe we are, or maybe we're not. But are we willing to allow the Lord to, to tweak us, to correct us, or completely shift us? Do we have that kind of receptivity, that humility and surrender? This is, I think, what the parable is pointing us to. We're to be receptive to Jesus. Be receptive to him. But what does that look like? If we're to be receptive, be humble and in surrender, like, how do we actually go about that? Like, what does it look like for us to actually do that? Like, how do we get there? Well, I think the rest of the story tells us. So I actually want to go back down to verse 9 through 12 and and look at what takes place apart from the parable itself. So look with me at verse 9. Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. 
This is kind of a, a weird phrase, right? Like ears to hear, like I've got ears, I hear you. What are you talking about? When he was alone, the 12 and others around him asked about the parables. They're coming to him saying like, okay, we, we don't quite get this. Can you explain it to us? And here's, here's what Jesus says. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. What is he talking about here? I think what Jesus is doing is he's offering some commentary on what's happening with the disciples. You see, he's given this parable. He's kind of communicated a story. It's like, okay, I know about farming, but like, I don't understand what you're getting at. And what do they do? They come and ask him about it. And it's here that he says, to you has been given. It has been given to you the secret of the kingdom. What Jesus is doing here is he's showing it's, it's got to come from me. Like you can't arrive at understanding on your own. Like you, you might hear the words and understand the picture, but like what does it mean? Where do you get the answer? It's with Jesus. Notice who is coming and ask him. It's the 12. It's his disciples, those who have been around him. They're like, we don't get the parable. Can you explain it to us? See, Jesus, what he's doing with parables is he's provoking. He's wanting to tell these stories to get people provoked to a place of like, hmm, I don't get it. What do they do next? You see, some people, their response is like the, one of the first soils is like, hmm, I don't get it. This is weird. Eh. And they walk away. But some people, they hear it. It's like, okay, I don't get it. And they lean in. That is what the disciples are doing. They're leaning in. They're wanting to understand. There is their heart. That's what Jesus is doing with the parables. He's wanting to reveal someone's heart by their response. How they respond to the parable, how they um, like interact with this cryptic story, what do they do with it? Do they go towards him or do they recoil? And that is what Jesus wants to get to. Those who have ears to hear are those who don't understand but want to. Those who don't have ears to hear, hear it, but, nah, this is weird, and I don't want anything to do with it. Right here, Jesus is telling parables for the purpose of surfacing someone's heart. That's what he's doing here. And that's what he's doing when he quotes Isaiah. This quote is from the book of Isaiah, where God is saying, like, I really want to show my people where their hearts are. And so you're going to hear me, you're going to hear what I'm saying, but you're not going to understand it. You're not going to process it. And how you respond shows if you're ready for me or not. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's wanting to reveal hearts. And so he's speaking in parables. He's challenging people to cause them to want to learn more. And that's exactly what the disciples do. He's like, I want you to ask the questions. Like, I don't understand this. Tell me. Yes. That's what he wants. 
He wants the disciples, he wants others to lean in and ask about the parable. Because what does he do? He explains it to them. It's not that it's meant to be hidden and only the super smart can figure it out. It's those who come seeking. We're to come to him. We're to learn from him. We're to come to him in humility and surrender and say, I don't get it. Can you explain it to me? Yes, I will. That's what Jesus wants to do. That's what he's wanting to surface. He's wanting to point us to the fact that we need to come to him. We're to learn from him. He holds the secret and he gives it to us freely. And so what the parable is meant to do is to narrate where is our heart. When we hear him teaching, when we hear something from him, do we lean in or do we recoil? And it's showing that receptivity to Jesus. So I think the call of the parable and the call of the story that Mark is showing us here is that we're to come to him in humility and surrender to learn from him. We're to learn from him. He's going to teach us. He's going to show us. We're to learn from him. So I don't know if what you kind of picture this looking like, but here's, here's kind of my narration or what I, what I think of when I picture this. I think we, we spend time reading the Bible and in prayer. But I'm curious if you kind of like, okay, I read the Bible, read Mark 4, great, check. Or do we read Mark 4 and say, okay, Jesus, what do I not understand here? Challenge me. Show me something that I don't yet know or, or cause a question to come out. And let me ask you, and then begin to watch for an answer. You might read more of the passage or reread it. It's like, oh, hey, I didn't see that before. Or you might have a conversation with somebody. Or he might give it to you in another way. But like, are we looking for him to challenge us? Are we inviting that? So like, here's my suggestion to you. Like, read the Bible, pray, but pray this prayer. Jesus, challenge me. And then be ready to receive that. Now, how do you know if he's challenging you? I'd say step back from your life, kind of watch how things play out in the week, and notice where are you resistant to something? We kind of used this language a few weeks ago. Are you stubborn? Where is that stubbornness? Pay attention to that. Where might God want to show you something in that resistance? Because I think it's in the everyday that God is working. He's not always trying to show us something like magnificent, special. Sometimes it's just like it's on the ground, like what we do every day. That's where he wants to teach. Where is their resistance? Where is their stubbornness? Where is there something you just kind of feel like you're rubbing up against? Come to that moment like this. Am I ready to receive? Because he's going to teach you. That's his promise. He wants to grow us. He wants to teach us. Will we receive? So I think that's what the picture of this parable is. It's noticing, allowing him to work. Are we coming to him like the disciples to learn? So we're to be receptive to Jesus. We're to come to learn from him. All of this in humility and surrender. But there's one more thing. Because it doesn't just stop there. What we've been learning about Jesus, what he's been doing with the disciples, is he's been training them. He's called them and he says, I want you to be with me and I want you to have the authority to do what I'm doing. 
If this parable is a parable about his ministry, this parable is a parable about our ministry. If Jesus is spreading the word, if he's spreading seed, we're to spread seed also. What we see here is a picture of what the disciples are going to do. What we see here is a picture of what we are to do. We are to share about him. That's the implicit call in this story. We're to share about him. And so maybe you've heard that before. Like, okay, I'm supposed to share the gospel, share about Jesus. Like, I'm supposed to tell people. Like, okay, maybe that's brand new to you. Like, here, here's what Jesus is asking. Like, tell people about me. That's what he's asking. He wants us to share about him. But I wonder, have you had these moments where you've done that? How did it go? I'm curious if there are people that you're thinking of, like, yeah, I kind of want to share with them, but remember this story is a description of Jesus' ministry. And what did we say? There are a variety of responses to his ministry. There are going to be a variety of responses to ours. We are going to encounter people who don't like what we have to say. They're like, no, 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 I don't want anything like that. Okay. Sometimes people will be receptive. Sometimes you may be sharing with somebody consistently, persistently, like keep going, and nothing seems to take. There are a variety of responses to our ministry, to our sharing. We're supposed to share. But here's the nuance that I want to get at. We're called to share. We're called to spread. But we are to let go of the outcomes. Our job is to share, is to spread the seed, but not ensure someone is good soil. It's not our job to make someone produce a fruit. It's not our job to make sure that they accept Christ. That's not our job. Our job is to share. In humility and surrender, we let go of the outcomes. Maybe you've never heard that before, and this is like, whoa, this is good news. I don't know if you're like me, but I've got some friends and family members that, you know, I've kind of shared with uh, along the way, especially on the family side, and just for years, nothing. You know, there's very rarely, like, full-on antagonism, like, clearly I, I should back up here. Like, very rarely is it that for me. I haven't had that a lot. But most often it's like, okay, you know, or there's some engagement, but it's like, it just doesn't seem to go anywhere. Has that been true for you? You've got a family member or a friend, you just, you're praying about, you try to share, and just nothing seems to happen. You're trying to make it happen. Like, how do I get there? And I wonder if the good news for you today is this humility and surrender. I share. I share persistently. I keep going. I don't stop, but I let go of the outcomes. I had to get to that place. Some of my family members, I just so badly wanted and actually was getting in my own way. I was making it harder. I needed to just come in, share, share what I felt like God was leading and, and release the outcomes. It is not our job to make someone good soil. That is the work of the Lord. It is only by the Spirit that anybody will come to receive anything from Jesus. That is not our job. Our job is to share. We release the outcomes. So I think this parable shows us that we are to share, share about him with 
uh, others. We share what he has done for us. We tell the story, but we do so in humility, surrender, and we release the outcomes. That's the call of this story. So, I think what we see here, this story has several layers to it. So let me kind of build up our big idea this way. We're to be receptive to him. We're to receive from him, to learn from him, and we're to share him with others. That's what this story is about. That's what it's pointing us to. And so we do that all in humility and surrender. The I've got this approach. It says, like, okay, thanks, Jesus, I got what I need, I'm going to run. No, no, no. It's continually coming back to him. Continually coming to him to learn, to receive afresh what he wants to do in our lives. It's learning from him. And then it's releasing outcomes. It's letting go of how things should look and trusting him to do the work. The I've got this approach doesn't work here. Following Jesus is one of humility and surrender. So we're called to be receptive to him, to come to him, to learn from him, and to share him with others.